The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. I just want to mention that we're moving into this very powerful, intense energy, probably the most powerful energies that are going to be with us this year for the month of April and the big events, the Grand Cross, April 21st, 23rd. But it's really clear that the energies have actually already begun, beginning on the new moon uh, in Aries on uh, on the weekend, on Sunday. And already things are happening. Um, today, the sun is conjunct Uranus, and there are having you know, already a number of accidents uh, in my hometown. There was a massive earthquake in Chile last night. So these uh, events are going to be taking place. It's all very sudden, very unexpected. So we all need to be paying attention. We need to be aware of what we're doing and where we are, paying conscious attention to everything in our lives at this very sacred time. And the key thing is to find balance. As uh, Lynn Andrews last week was talking about being at the center of your own medicine wheel, the four directions, and being calm and centered and still and aware as these energies build over the next month. And today we're going to be talking about sacred pilgrimage. And sacred pilgrimage takes into account all of these energies that are taking place around us today. So the timing is perfect, and I'm delighted to welcome to the show Nina Herlander and Horst Prelog, two special guests, a father and daughter team with very distinct backgrounds who specialize now in leading small groups to sacred sites around the world. So Nina and Horst, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Peter. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks, Peter. It's a pleasure to be in your show. So, Nina, why don't you begin and, and tell our listeners a little bit about what you say or you believe pilgrimage actually is? Yeah, so thanks for that question, Peter. Pilgrimage has been around for many centuries, and it itself has transformed as our cultures have transformed over hundreds of years. Ancient cultures, and even just hundreds of years ago, faraway destinations were much more challenging to reach, much more strenuous, dangerous, and less accessible than they are today. Um, you know, today we have travel agents and we have airplanes, and, and it used to be a very precarious journey, taking months or even years. And sometimes those journeys were one-way journeys. People didn't come back to their original, uh, or original position. And the goal was often to reach a holy place of healing or a promise of salvation. So obviously those people that made the decision to go on those pilgrimages, they did so 
uh, with ulti- the ultimate destiny being the actual journey itself. So, so how is, is pilgrimage different then today from the old days? Yeah, to be a pilgrim today is a very different experience. When we travel now, it's nowhere near as dangerous or lengthy. To be a pilgrim in this day and age is more about being a seeker on a journey for spiritual truth. The journey has become an inward focus much more than it has become an outward focus. It's into our deepest selves rather than what it used to be out into the world. So, Horsh, I'm I'm really interested to hear your involvement in this uh, adventure because you were involved in the automotive industry for over 30 years and uh, probably we would not expect a top executive (laughs) to become a dedicated pilgrim in the spiritual field. So what happened? What happened to you? Yeah, Peter, that's a a good question. I still uh, question myself what happened um, because I was like a typical CEO in the business world tied up in the rat race working, 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 and having no time for anything else, and for sure not spirituality at at that time. But it was then my daughter who drew me into it, and um, her uh, her short-term battle with cancer uh, was for sure a significant event, which uh, changes your mindset, uh, of course. And then when she went through this, and then unfortunately turned out to be uh, good now, um, I promised her to do something together with her, just her and me go somewhere on a vacation. And I suggested a few places to go, either whatever, Paris or Vienna or Madrid to, to visit. And she should uh, choose where we go. But she came back and said, this, Daddy, you, you know, let's do something different. Let's go on a pilgrimage. Uh, and, and, and she selected a pilgrimage going to southern France to follow the footsteps of uh, Mary Magdalene. And of so, course, that so, was, what was, so what was that your was reaction me, to that? What was your reaction to that? That was for me really what, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And it was, of course, something new. But uh, of course, I went with her. And, and at the end, I have to say, it was like great. It was great not only for um, building my relationship with my daughter, but it was also great for my own uh, development in spirituality. So, so Nina, what was, what was the uh, inspiration then for, for that idea to, to take your dad on this pilgrimage to the south of France? Well, my transformative journey through cancer really changed me. It drew me into myself, into the darkest places of myself, and I began to explore the depths of the meaning of my life. It became a pilgrimage itself. The, the cancer became a journey into my heart, and I experienced many direct divine encounters during that time, and that fed my hunger for mysticism. And after so, so before you go on, Nina, how old were you at that point? I was, this was a few years ago, I was 24 so you were very, very young. To, and what type of cancer was it? It was uh, a sarcoma, so uh, a muscular cancer in my leg. It really targeted my leg. You know, I always correlated that to my root chakra. I was always feeling very ungrounded. So in a way, it's ironic that now I'm, I'm all over the place, but I know I'm at home in myself. And that's really been the difference um, for me. And when you mention the dark places, when you mention when you say that, just tell our listeners what what that means to you or that meant to you at that time. Yeah, at that time, I mean, I was always a very happy, joyous person going through my life, and I 
I didn't know all the things I hadn't faced in myself, you know, I, and that, and that cancer just, just completely took me inward. And, and I questioned why, you know, why is this happening to me? Why is, what is the meaning of my life? I mean, I, I stripped myself down to my soul and wanted to know what can I do to heal? And that was really the, the focus of my journey. And many miraculous things were then revealed to me through that. Uh, and, and then, you know, I wanted to to express that outwardly in the world. I wanted to go to these holy places that I'd been reading about all through the cancer. You know, I couldn't walk. I was just in bed reading books about spirituality. And then I wanted to really activate it and be there at those places, experience them firsthand. I did a lot of reading about Mary Magdalene, and I had no prior knowledge or experience with Mary Magdalene. And then, and then days after my diagnosis, she visited me in a dream, and we began to work together. And she was really at my side through my entire treatment. She taught me on a visceral level the importance of connecting with one's own inner landscape, Especially now, I think, as we experience this major global shift in, in our paradigm, we become responsible for accessing the greater truth of global peace and unity through our own personal journeys. And I think pilgrimage is a huge part of that. So when you say she came to you in the dream time, how did you know it was her? Yeah, that's a good question. I just knew. I just knew. I, I just felt it, you know, in my gut. I mean, it, it's it's not necessarily even important that it's Mary Magdalene, but the point was that it was the divine feminine essence who was telling me to be still, to listen, to, to be quiet, silent, don't move. You know, I was so involved. I used to be an arts manager. I was a producer of live theater performance, and that is a very go, 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 high-stress job. And she taught me how to be quiet and how to listen. So I just want to add to that because it's becoming really evident to me in the work that I do and, and, and through the people who come on the radio show. A couple of things. The first one is that many, many people that I've worked with over the years who have had serious cancer, terminal cancer actually, uh, those people, once they have gone on this internal journey and begin to understand why they've produced that cancer so that they can actually begin to explore themselves and as Nina says strip themselves down to the bare essential nature of who they are they actually say that that cancer was the greatest gift they ever received even even some people who passed over as a result of that cancer still um, accepted acknowledged said that it was the greatest gift because in their passing they had transformed themselves and, and saw beyond this physical life. Then I absolutely agree with that. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. It was absolutely incredible. And I don't want to do it again, but I'm so grateful <laughs> for the lesson. Well, well the good news is, Nina, the work you're doing, you won't have to. <laughs> you've, you've got it, which is the beautiful thing for all of us to know. When you get it and when you actually fulfill your true purpose and your divine nature, then you don't need to be sick ever again. Absolutely. And the second point I wanted to make, which is so important, is this return of the divine feminine and the essence of the divine feminine, which Nina describes so well, is this, is this going into the stillness and the quiet and deeply, deeply listening. And that is one of the marvelous aspects of the movement into this pilgrimage, this journey through the land, through the landscape, 
and deeply listening and paying attention to what is taking place around us. So just just mention that, Nina, just a, a, a moment about being in the stillness and quiet in nature and in these sacred sites. Yeah, absolutely, Peter. I mean, every every landscape has its own personality, its own expression of the divine, you know, and when we go there and we really hear that Mother Gaia speaks to us, we are silenced at her her incredible wisdom. And and often people have very surprising um you know, opportunities to to hear and exposure to awareness they didn't know was possible. And and when you do arrive at these sacred sites, or it may even just be in our own backyard or in a beautiful uh, aspect of your local landscape, how do you actually tune in and get connected with the land and, and get into that place of deep listening, deep connection? That's a good question. I mean... Um, one of the unfortunate things about our modern day is that we've lost touch with our natural world. And I think that's part of the problem. That's part of the reason people don't know how to listen. We're surrounded by electricity and, you know, we, we don't wake up in the morning with the sunrise and go to sleep with the sunset. We don't feel the natural rhythm of the moon unless it's, you know, our intention to really rigorously um, try to sync ourselves up with it. But that connection with the earth and our surroundings is vital to our relationship with listening, listening to the planet, to each other, to our intuition and on our journeys we actually activate these energies through shamanic ceremony and through meditation through yoga and through being quiet and sitting there and listening to the energies they they part the veils and we learn how to connect with the other world the other realities that interlace ours you know i I often think of intuition uh, as a muscle it's not a gift that some people have and some people don't which is a common misperception Um, it's something that every has. It's another sense. And some people have it stronger than others, but we can learn how to strengthen those muscles so that we can really embody the life we were meant to live, the life of joy. So I'm actually going to take us to break at this point. And when we come back, Horst, I'm going to ask you uh, what actually happened in your pilgrimage that, uh, that made the shift or helped you make the shift to this uh, wonderful world that's opened up for you. All right. <laughs> it's a Peter Tone for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Are you dealing with a personal loss in your life? It can be just about anything, such as the loss of a partner through death or separation, something significant of value to you, the loss of a pet, or maybe something is missing in your health or wealth. Tune in to Healing from Loss with Brenda B. Host Brenda Blindenbaugh and co-host Monique McDonald are here to help you transform the loss in your life from pain to joy and move forward. 
Listen live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertongue.com, where all of uh, the information about the work that I am doing is presented, Uh, the regular monthly newsletters, uh, final landscape zodiac journeys are in the April newsletter, and also all the radio shows uh, which I have hosted are archived uh, on the website. Also, if you want to join in uh, live meditations on a Thursday morning at 11.30 or listen through an MP3 download subsequently, uh, please go to www.petertongue.com and the, click on the events page where you can find the information to uh, gain access to the live meditations. And one or two people who know me well said that they thought last week's, last Thursday's Meditation was the best that I've ever done. I've done a few thousand meditations, so that's uh, a good sign. So I'm just going to return now to uh, Horst and Nina, and, and I should preempt this by saying I was actually on that trip. Finbar Ross was the organizer, and we actually co-led uh, the tour. And as Horst mentioned earlier, he was uh, very much embroiled in the rat race and that world uh, until he went on this journey with his daughter Nina, and uh, Horst's first experience uh, on that trip, and I'll, I'll allow him to explain what actually happened. But really, in some ways, this was his uh, initiation. Was actually st- standing in the ocean at Saint Marie de la Mer, where the legend has it is where the Marys, uh, Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene and Mary of Bethany came ashore after they left the Holy Land after the crucifixion. And this was the first thing that I actually did as, as uh, one of the leaders on the, on the trip. And we were standing half the there – there was a big group, about know, 28 of us, I think. And half the group was standing in the ocean and half was standing on the beach. And so for me, it was like connecting the land with the water, the shoreline. And some people had experiences looking out and seeing actually – uh, the ships as they arrived and having experiences out in the ocean. So, Horsh, here you are, this uh, automotive executive on this weird <laughs> trip with some very woo-woo people, and uh, here's your first experience. So, tell our <laughs> listeners what happened. Yes, I still have to laugh about it, Peter, because <laughs> it's, uh, it, 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 it was so... Uh, so weird for me, of course, that that whole experience. Uh, first of all, just going there, and of course, Nina, because of Nina, I, I went on this trip, and then meeting all of you, and uh, everybody was, of course, beautiful and, and nice, and and then with you, 
um, being the leader there and and doing my first uh, real um, the real ceremony I participated in a spiritual ceremony so it was a, a great experience uh, I had to try I was open minded even so you you guys all you know you called me the non believer of the group and um I, I said, well, no, I'm, I'm trying. I'll see what is there. And I jumped into this cold, it was a cold water ocean. It wasn't warm and cozy. But I, I was in that group of the 28 people uh, making a circle in, in that water and uh, closing the eyes and uh, focusing and uh, meditating and, 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 and f- trying to feel what's going on. And and then you came around, and you came around with your, um, I think you call it a cinnabar orb. The, That's the, right. It was a, yeah, it's a it's a it's a quartz orb with cinnabar injected into. So it's a beautiful, uh, uh, orangey, peachy sort of a color, uh, with cinnabar inside. But it's a, it's a quartz orb. That's right. I came around the group. Yeah, you came around the group, and 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 the closer you came, the more I felt like I don't know something is happening to me. I I feel something is going on which I didn't feel ever before, and and um, I didn't really know what to do with this, uh, you know, with those feelings at that moment. But I said, well, you know, they're all talking about it. It must be. Uh, something uh, happening now to me, and 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 when you came with that orb to me, uh, and and uh, did your initiation process, um, it was like a calmness which overcame to me, and uh, a calmness and some kind of I I saw, I saw suddenly lights, I saw uh, a, sh- a shadow uh, in 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 a form of. Of uh, different persons, I saw, I saw different things which were related to you know the place where we were, and and almost being drawn back to what happened maybe two thousand years ago. Um, at least I felt that way. And of, of course, as a non-believer in this group, you know you question everything, every little feeling you get. Um, but I had it, and it was the start of. Of many experiences later, which um, changed my beliefs and and uh, which which drew me drew me into more and more into spirituality. It's really interesting, isn't it? When you have that moment, you have that feeling, and you have those awarenesses. You see lights, or you see flashes of light, or you have a a sort of a flashback uh, connection to the past, and then it's very easy because we're somewhat skeptical that over time we tend to um, uh, discount those experiences as, as they sort of fade into, into the background. But you continue to have experiences. And, and, and then what was, the, what was the, the key moment that really turned the tide for you? Yeah, that was, I would just say it was, 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 was one thing where that was my first real experience. And then, and then we had many smaller ones. But the, the key one was in, in this trip when we were driving – uh, in in our minivans, uh, we were driving to a, a mountain. It was called Mont Segur, um, and uh, that is a special place. That was the one of the last strongholds of the Katas, and uh, they 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 lived there around in the uh, around twelve hundred forty. Uh, is when when they lived there, and they were the last stronghold of the Katas, um, which were considered as a heretical. 
as a heretical by the Catholic Church, right? So the Catholic Church was in the Crusades, they were fighting them. So we went there, and I, on that trip there, when I was in that one minivan in the front row, I took some pictures, and I took two pictures of that mountain with the ruin on top of it in, uh, in five seconds uh, uh, apart. And when I looked at those pictures then at home on the computer, I can suddenly see on the first picture the beautiful clear mountain with the ruin and nice uh, rock formations. And on the second picture, there is a huge smoky cloud coming out of one of those rock formations. And that's not a, you know, first you think, well, that's maybe the, the light made it look this way or so. No, when you really zoom in and so you see clear smoke coming out of this rock formation. And, and when we went there to this place, because that was the destination then, there was, of course, no burning fire. There was nothing to see. It, it, it was only on that one picture five seconds after I took the first one. Now, the significance of this event is, is the following. Because in March of 1244, the Carters finally surrounded, and there were approximately 220 Carters who walked down from the ruin down to this place, to this rock formation, where they got burned in mass in a bonfire because they did not convert to um, the Catholic Church. And it was that place where they got burned. So how can that happen? You, you, you know, me taking those two pictures five seconds apart, the one you see everything clear, the second one you see a huge smoke cloud above this place where they got burned um, hundreds, 800 years earlier. So that really shook me up. And I have to say, I, I became, from a non-believer, I, I transferred into a skeptical pilgrim, how Nina calls me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you'll be unskeptical now, Horst. <laughs> so, so a really important thing that, that, that we're talking about in talking about pilgrimage is this idea, this notion that when you go to a, a sacred site that has had some major intense energy connected with it, like this moment of time in 1244 when the Cathars walked down the mountain and literally walked into the fire to, to be burned alive because they were not prepared to convert to Catholicism, that there's a sort of a bleed through in some way of the energy from that time then to now, particularly as we were going there in, in sacred pilgrimage, in honoring those people, and we did our own ceremony in, in that same site, that same area where, that Horsch was, was mentioning on his photograph. But the other thing that's important in pilgrimage, I think when you, and, and I'll get Nina and Horsch to, to, just to mention their experiences, but it, it's, it's a pilgrimage to walk up Montségur. It's, it's a fairly steep hill. It's, a, it's not a long grind, but it is a grind. And so you're going on that pilgrimage that Neely mentioned at the start where you're actually in a physical demand to actually get to the top. And then when you do, I, I sort of expected it to be a very sad and even bitter place because of the uh, experience that the Cathars had. But it was quite the opposite. There was this beautiful, peaceful, loving presence. They, they clearly were very close to source, to God. 
And when they left the top of that mountain, they left it in this beautiful, peaceful sense. What, what was your sense at the top there, Nina? I love these journeys. Every time, <laughs> powerful, life-changing experiences, you know. I mean, that place was like a plateau of where heaven meets earth. You know, it's on top of this big, tall mountain, and the surrounding view is just this huge landscape with, with forests, and it's just the air smells so crisp and fresh. And I often have the, triv- uh, the privilege of traveling with people who have these spontaneous past life memories at, the, at a specific sacred site, you know, where ley lines intersect, and that somehow translates into their consciousness, or it triggers uh, a healing of a childhood trauma. It connects them with their ancestral roots, and that's something I noticed. A lot of the people in our group had these deep, deep connections with their ancestry, even if they weren't from a French lineage. You know, they're tapping into that maybe archetypal soul family, and they're experiencing viscerally all the things that have, that have happened in that location and, and in a place that they'd never expect to have that kind of awakening. And they're just connecting the dots sort of in, in divine order. It's really incredible. Yeah, I, I like to add, you know, it doesn't matter if you are already deep into spirituality or not. Uh, anybody who goes on a pilgrimage, and, and that's my experience, I tried to explain it earlier, right? Anybody, if, also those ones who uh, had no experience before with spirituality or not into it, they do experience something, and it's a start. It's a start where you can build on then and and especially for people like how how I was like you you're caught up in a rat race of the, the business world or the today's world where nobody pays any attention to anything anymore it, it's so important and and when you have that it calms you down it brings you down and 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 you you think differently it's it's a fantastic experience it was for me Well, thank you. And we'll go to our second break now. It's Peter Tone for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I just want to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors for this series of shows, Sherry Chase of Chase International Real Estate Company in beautiful Lake Tahoe and Reno, Nevada. And for the wonderful people at Voice America, Matt, our regular engineer, and my producer, Brandy Jackson, for providing me with the opportunity of bringing such great guests to you, our listeners, to help you uh, on your awakening journey and your level of understanding as uh, all of this opens up in the world. And today I have with me two of those wonderful people, Nina Herlander and Horst Prelog. And before the break, we heard about Horst's earliest experiences in on his awakening journey. So perhaps, Nina, you could tell us about your most memorable experiences on pilgrimage. Uh, one of the most incredible things I've experienced was the second time I visited Glastonbury Tour in southern England. Uh, Glastonbury was formerly called the Isle of Avalon, and that's the place that has legends of King Arthur, the Knights Templar, Morgane Le Fay, and also biblical references to Joseph of Arimathea and the quest for the Holy Grail. Um, Glastonbury Tour is this ancient 3D labyrinth that has been used over many centuries by many different cultures. On the top stands this gateway, this this tour, and it really is this profoundly moving and heavenly uh, experience to stand on top. It can be seen from miles and miles around, so it's a very central point uh, that collects a lot of energy. After my first visit to the tour by myself, uh, I couldn't get that experience out of my mind because it felt so much like, like the fairy kingdom, like this wind passing through me. And that kind of stayed with me. And that's something about sacred sites that is very true in my experience is those places that I visit every single time I, I gather some kind of puzzle piece that stays inside my heart. And on the, the second trip there, I was completely drawn to the top of the hill like a magnet. I mean, I, I practically ran up. It's 150 meters elevation. I don't know how I did it, but I, I was sort of half conscious and I ran up to the tour and I just threw my arms around the gates. And in that moment, I have never experienced love like I did when I hugged that gateway. It was, I, like I said, I was really just very half conscious. The rest of me had passed into this very other realm, this angelic realm. And while I was there, I felt light and pure divine love unity and and just complete surrender you know i felt like i was being hugged by an angel it was incredible that my all my cells in my body sort of dissolved into the environment around me and i became one really one and i didn't know this but you know my dad was very quickly behind me and he 
he must have you know ran up the tour behind me wondering what's going on with Nina <laughs> and exactly. he pulled out his, his his camera and he took a photograph of me while I was hugging the tour of course I didn't I didn't know this and then uh when we we looked at the picture later on and you can see there's this there's this pink and purple orb it's like this shining light and this is it was a it was a sunny day he wasn't using a flash it's definitely not that it, you it's, you can clearly see this aura shining streams of light down onto my face it was so beautiful that was the most beautiful experience i've i've had on pilgrimage and it was an amazing souvenir to receive it was so authentic you know um we actually have the picture up on our website for anyone who wants to see uh, it's at dancingspirittours.com so I'll never forget that. <laughs> well, the beautiful thing about that is is the actual experience in the moment and then having a record of it in terms of that shimmering light that was uh, obviously imbuing you with this loving energy. An exactly. interesting thing, I interviewed Stuart Pierce a while ago. He's a, a wonderful guy in England, and he actually had his uh, biggest experience with the archangelic realm on the t- exactly the same circumstances. I think he was there on a, on a, a major equinox or solstice day, but he sees the angelic realm as orbs as opposed to beings with wings and so very very similar experience to the one that the one that you had earlier on uh, nina you you talked or you mentioned the expression uh, shamanic ceremony i'd love you just to give a little bit of a description of what that is and and why it's important to involve in in these journeys Mm-hmm. Okay, so shamanism is sort of a blanket term. I think it was originally a, a Siberian term. It comes from a Siberian tribe. But now uh, it's kind of a, a broad terminology used to describe indigenous um, relationship to the earth, really very earth-based medicine and earth connection. Uh, so in a shamanic ceremony or any kind of shamanic ritual the focus is to connect with the earth and to connect with the directions and so we often go to these places uh, on pilgrimage we, we have a very shamanic approach because it's about the landscape it's about being ourselves and who we are now within the context of these uh, fabulous places that have very um, you know, traditional or, or ancient cultures associated with them. So often we, we guide people in, in meditations or in ceremonies to draw in the energies, to activate them, and to help people connect. And sort of it builds a bridge. Ceremony really builds a bridge to the other world, which is why we do it. Perfect. Thank you. So, Horst, what sort of uh, places, what sort of sites do you actually choose to take these uh, visits with people on? Well, we which different different places. Um, normally, Nina and I we have always good debates about it where we should go. But uh, <laughs> the, the 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 key is we don't want to go to the, the typical tourist places, <laughs> and 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 some of those sites are very touristy already. So we choose uh, then uh, times when we go, which is the off tourist season, um, or we go like in in Stonehenge when we when we went we went there for. Um, very early when just the sun rises, uh, we, we could have uh, our private session there. We have private access there. There's a limited amount of people who they allow to get in there, and you are, you are right there next to the stones. So it, it's very, um, it, we try to create a very personal connection 
to uh, like Nina said, the landscape or those those, those places uh, where where spirituality you you can get it. It's the the hidden gems we're going. Uh, other places like uh, Saint Nectan's Clan, um, which um, I think insiders know where that is, what it is, uh, but uh, it's not really very um, known for the tourists. So we we carefully select those places. You mentioned St. Nectan's Glen. I, th- I think St. Nectan's Glen is going to be one of the most, ma- well, certainly one of the most magical fairy elemental places that I've ever been to. And, and it's uh, a very special place, as you say, off the beaten track. Yeah, uh, the fairy is good. Uh, Nina, probably, she is my fairy. <laughs> she fits perfectly in St. Nectan's Glen. <laughs> That's when, when, she, when she was uh, talking about running up the, uh, the hill to the tour, she is running through the forest to get to this uh, cove with the waterfall in St. Nectan's Glen to all her fairy places. Uh, and certainly when you talk about uh, orbs, when you take photographs, of the waterfall coming through the, the hole in the rock at St. Nectan's Glen. The pictures are full of these beautiful orbs. And that's a very common experience. Lots of people experience connection to the fairy realm for maybe the first time at St. Nectan's Glen. It's this incredible place. Um, the, the hermit that used to live there was very connected to the fairy kingdom, and people often think that that's, that's why the fairies gather there. And I definitely have a, a personal connection with fairies. My middle name is Fairy. I, I just love them. I've always loved the nature spirits. You know, people think of fairies, they think of maybe Tinkerbell, you know, you know in mainstream society but we know them as the nature spirits and the divas that that guard the flowers and the plants each blade of grass every tree and i actually teach a mini workshop there at saint nectan's Glen while we're on tour in the celtic shamanic tradition of how to see fairies and we go through a a guided meditation and we very much we start with our eyes closed and we focus inward and we connect with the nature spirits and then when we open our eyes we practice allowing that wisdom of the heart to shine through our eyes so we can pick up things, auras, um, you know, orbs, fairies, spirits that we normally couldn't see with our, with our naked eyes if we're coming from a different place, a different perspective. It's about shifting perspective and stepping between those gates. And for those that don't know, St. Nectan's Glen is very, very close to Tintagel in, in Cornwall, which is the legendary birthplace of, of King Arthur, an absolutely magnificent area all, all around. So, Nina, just tell us a little bit about some of the experiences that people have had on your journeys uh, with you and, and what has taken place with them. Okay, it's incredible, Peter. Um, every single time people have these transformations and it's really an honor to get to witness them. And every place, you never know how people are going to be triggered and they don't even know. You know, I mean, we can, we can land in... Um, at Avebury, for example, there, which are these long corridor of stones in England, near sort of near Stonehenge. It's a bit of the lesser known Stonehenge, but it's this very long corridor. And often people go there and they find a connection to the sound medicine of these stones. And the stones kind of, you know, sing to you. And I've traveled with people there who just get glued to these stones. They're just, you know, they they hug these stones and they just sort of... You can watch them. Their their face changes, and they they become they really go into themselves, and they go into a different realm, and they start to sing with these stones, and it's really incredible. And then when they come out, they're they're very much um, a part of them has awakened that wasn't there before. It's it's amazing. 
and that is what uh, pilgrimage actually is. So just give us your sort of sense of, of what pilgrimage actually is today. Yeah, so I like to think of pilgrimage as a walking prayer. It's a journey of intentional listening to the wisdom and the guidance that's around us all the time, that's within ourselves and outside ourselves from helping spirits and from the whole rhythm of the universe. And that becomes very apparent when we're moving from place to place. And the only constant thing is ourselves, you know, and we're changing our surroundings. Then ourselves becomes this very loud, prominent uh, presence. And that's something that people sometimes forget as they, as, as they externalize the world in their daily routines. And so when we decide to go on pilgrimage, we're basically saying to the universe, yes, I surrender. And of course, as we surrender, then the deep parts of ourselves begin to open and we can untangle these knots and we can transform into these free, joyous beings and, and start to really walk the path we were born to live. And miraculous things really do happen. I, I see it every day on pilgrimage. That's a beautiful little summary. Thank you so much for that. And we'll go to our final break. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Having with me today, a daughter and father team, Nina Herlander and Horst Prelog. 
And I always think it's absolutely wonderful when a daughter helps her father to awaken, as my own daughter Angela did in my life. And I think it's a very, very special relationship that you have anyway. And then when the daughter helps the father to come to the realization that there's more to life than being an automotive executive, it's just a wonderful, wonderful gift and a wonderful moment in our in our lives. So, Nina, just let our listeners know how they can connect with you and have the information about the different tours that you're doing. Yeah, you can visit our website. It is www.dancingspirittours.com, tours with an S. And on there you can watch our, our videos, learn more about our philosophy on travel and our list of destinations. Thank you. So, Horst, I'm sure you'd agree with me with that statement about uh, having your daughter help you to awaken. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. And uh, I, I benefited a lot uh, with, with uh, her guiding me into spirituality and guiding me uh, through those different steps. And, 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 and earlier you probably heard, you know, how, how deep uh, of, uh, we go into it and, and how much experience everybody gets. But it's, you, when you are not a believer yet, how I was a couple of years ago, it, it's, it's great to participate because you still will get a certain level of experience. And that's a beginning. And that was the wonderful thing with Nina showing me that, uh, how I get into it. So, Horst, just tell us about one of your favorite destinations that you take people on visits to. Well, I tell you, I have two favorite destinations. One is uh, Assisi in Italy. And it's really all about St. Francis of Assisi. And it's a wonderful medieval place. And just the story of St. Francis, it radiates peace into you and calmness. And, and it, uh, it gives me really um, at the message what is important in life. And uh, it, it's a fantastic place to go. I love being in Assisi. I'm looking forward to our next trip in Assisi. We are going there in May. And uh, I'm sure many of the listeners know Caroline Mace. She is going to join us on this trip. She's going to do a three-day workshop on this trip. And um, we'll have a wonderful time there in Italy. And, and, do, you, and do you first personally feel a connection to St. Francis? Absolutely, I do. I, I, it's, it's, I, I do because he, he gives me uh, this peace I didn't have when I was like in the rat race. <laughs> it, 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 he, he, he gives me that uh, uh, stepping back uh, a couple of steps and, and really looking at things in a different uh, uh, way. And um, when you are there... It it uh, it just uh, you feel it in your veins in your blood and and uh, even if you are not spiritual you will get this experience. <laughs> and my second uh, most favorite uh, places to go is uh, we go to Vienna just a week before Christmas and we call it the Advent in Vienna time and it's a combination of spiritual experiences but also experience the typical European holiday uh, charm as well as uh, great cultural experiences. So for anyone who is, um, doesn't want to go only in, in, in a spiritual journey, this is a great combination. Uh, you, you, you experience some of it, but you also get great cultural experiences 
as well. We're visiting uh, uh, some concerts, Advent concerts. Concerts. Uh, we're uh, see, hearing the Vienna Boys Choir. We are participating in a mass where the Vienna Boys Choir is basically singing, and um, it's my second uh, favorite place. So again, it's 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 a wonderful opportunity to to combine the the old world cultural way uh, with the new connection to the earth yes. that we are experiencing, and you can balance that however you wish. And 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 it's also a good combination if let's say if if you go with your partner or you go with a, a daughter father combination or. or um, son, uh, mother combination or whatever combination you, you have if one is very much into spirituality uh, will enjoy that part of it and if one is not so much maybe he gets into it but he also experiences other things Absolutely, thank you So Nina, obviously uh, from, from what we've said during the show today every landscape you visit has a, a different impact a different effect depending upon where you go the culture, the history so just talk a bit about that yeah, definitely. My favorite place, of course, is the Celtic shamanic world of England, which we'll be visiting in July uh, this summer to visit places like Glastonbury Tor. And there you get really immersed in the legends of King Arthur and in the stone circles. We visit the center of Stonehenge. We participate in shamanic ceremonies. We learn how to journey shamanically. There's deep guided meditations. There's workshops in, in, in fairy healing. It's a lot of fun and it's very fantastic. Fantastical. I love it. Um, our, our two programs in Bali this November, I'm very much looking forward to. The first one is called A Chakra Journey, and we'll be studying the ancient chakra system through sound medicine, sound healing, dance, and intensive workshops. Uh, and then our second program in Bali, also in November, is called Chocolate Earth Medicine. And so there we'll be learning about regenerative food systems with a specific focus on cacao. I'll be eating a lot of chocolate and... Uh, <laughs> We'll participate in everything from visiting the farms where the cacao is made to making our own superfood chocolate and engaging in shamanic cacao ceremonies with local shamans. So you're really uh, giving people very broad and different experiences on the different trips that you, that you lead. Every trip has a different flavor, and it just depends on who you are and what you want to experience next. They all have very valuable experiences. They're all very heart-centered. You know, we do our best to give people a very authentic cultural experience wherever we are. We often have local guides or people that are specialists in the particular field, and I think that's very important to kind of co to counter the, you know, the, the touristy uh, type way of traveling. This is authentic pilgrimage. And just and quickly, what is the Carolyn Mess um, workshop going to be about? Well, Carolyn Mace is a five-time New York Times bestselling author and leader in the fields of mysticism, spirituality, energy medicine, uh, human anatomy, mysticism, and she's going to be teaching um, with a focus on St. Francis of Assisi, but her workshop is titled Healing, a Mystical Science that Includes Miracles. And of course, I can personally relate to that with my, my journey with, uh, with cancer. So Absolutely. And just give us your website again so people can connect and, uh, and, and check out your different tours. Our website is www.dancingspirittours.com. Super. Well, thank you both so very much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed this time together. And as you know, I also enjoy these sacred site pilgrimages. And I think you've done a wonderful job at helping our listeners understand how this works and what a wonderful experience it is. So thank you both so very much. Thank you thank so you. much, Peter.
Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. We're coming up to the end of, of, of this one. And my guest next week is Noelle Mead Izzy. And she's written a beautiful, beautiful book about her experience with a hummingbird and the nesting and the birth of the baby and how it transformed her life at a time when she was going through extreme challenges as a result of the financial crashes that took place in 2008 and how this turned her whole life around by having this beautiful, simple relationship with this delightful little hummingbird. And the book that she has produced as a result of that has absolutely beautiful, sensational photographs associated with it. So I will be interviewing Noelle Mead Izzy next week. I hope you'll join me for that show. Have a wonderful week and take very careful stock of what is taking place in your life and be kind and gentle with yourself. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tung for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.